Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to get started. I love you all. Thank you for coming. And Father God, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. We just thank you that we have a lot of things going on uh, at your church, that we are exalting your son Jesus, and we lift him high. His way, your way, not our way. Father, help us through your Holy Spirit, through the revealing of your word, how that we could live more like your son Jesus. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. First off today, uh, I want to thank Pastors Mike and Pastor Donna and let you guys know that Pastor Mike and Pastor Donna are, they are the founders and heads of the church, or the head of the church, Pastor Mike, and they've put me in a position to say, hey, this is our vision, and they've empowered me as the executive position is underneath Pastor Mike and Pastor Donna to carry out the vision that God has for Faith Family. So let me tell you something. Pastor Mike and Pastor Donna have so many cool things that they are doing for Faith Family Church where God is leading them, and they are such awesome leaders. They are saying, yes, Lord, what do you want? How do we reach your children? Amen? Isn't that what it's about? So thank you, Pastor Mike and Pastor Donna, for allowing me to serve at this capacity and giving me the grace and mercy for when I don't always uh, carry out exactly the way that they want me to do it. But thank you guys. So today I'm going to jump into scripture and I want to talk kind of about a little bit of uh, more on Ephesians. And what I want to talk about is how last week I was unable to clearly portray what I wanted to. So we're going to do a little bit of recap And what we're going to see in Scripture is how wives are to treat their husbands, husbands to wives, and fathers to children. And teaching today, it will going to be primarily in Ephesians. And uh, last week, I just didn't do the way I wanted to do it. You guys ever meet somebody and it wasn't your your best impression? So you're like, hey, can we do a redo? So I I talked to Pastor Mike and Pastor John. They said, yes, you can do a redo. So thank you very much. Uh, And we're just going to jump right in because I want to attempt to make it smoother and more clear on what Ephesians is saying. So let's just jump right in. Ephesians chapter 5, 1 through 7, it says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. God's telling us in Scripture, the whole purpose Jesus, the whole purpose that Jesus had for coming was so that we could be dear children to God and imitate him. To where when we walk, it looks like how Jesus walks. You know, uh, my son Noah, there's certain mannerisms I see myself in, and there's certain things I see Nicole in him. Why? Because it's his nature, and it's coming out. Uh, God's given us the divine nature. He's given us uh, opportunity to be like him through Jesus Christ. Amen. It says, but fornication and uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Uh, We talked about this a little bit last week. Coarse jesting. We shouldn't be children of God, should not be people that cut other people down. We should not be people that have jokes at other people's expenses. 
You understand? We are to be like Christ at all times. And we're like Christ at all times. He's growing us into the image. Amen? And it says right, fornication. You guys ever know what fornication means? That is a relationship, a marital relationship outside of marriage. I don't know how old the kids are in here. I had to you guys get me. Okay, good. All right. Uh, don't let it be named among you. And also, it says uh, foolish talking. Foolish talking. You ever wanted to say something, but you didn't know what you should say, but you said something anyway? Children of God shouldn't be that way. I sometimes, I will be so excited in a conversation, and I'm like watching, it's like a tennis match. It's like, oh, you said this, and you said this, and I want to get in on it. And I was like, what did you just say? And I'm just like, my bad. It's telling us in the Word. We can work on that through spending time in the Word. Amen? Okay. Uh, Fornicator, unclean purpose, verse 5 says, For this you know that no fornicator, unclean purpose, person nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Now, idolater, we look at that and we're like, what do you mean? What's a, what's a 2021, what does somebody in 2021 do with idolatry? It's whatever you're putting ahead of God. So many of us, our idol is Facebook. And our idol's like, oh, I got to check in. I got to look. And then how many of us, we have to spend time serving that idol. It's like, I got to check on Facebook. And you get mad if you don't check on Facebook. I went through like a Facebook fast uh, for like, I think two years, a year, three years. I don't know how long it was. And then I'm like, all right, I'm ready to come back. When I decided to come back to Facebook, I love it. I think it's great. You guys, we see you through Facebook. It didn't have the priority it once did because I put it in the right place. Same with like Netflix, same with like uh, riding motorcycles. I love riding motorcycles. Whatever you put above your relationship with God, it becomes your idol and then you worship it, you live for it, you daydream about it. It's like, I can't wait to do this, I can't wait to do this, I can't wait to do this. You may say, why are you talking so fastly? I had five energy drinks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was only four, but I'm ready. <laughs> um, let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. God's telling us, don't be partakers. The Bible's saying, don't be partakers in the things that the world's partaking in. You know, walking in love, my first point is walking in the love of God is not walking in the way of the world. The love of God is completely opposite of the love of the world. And what, to be honest, the world, it seems natural. When you meet somebody, you like them, you're not married, you're like, hey, I just want to express my love. It's natural. It's a desire that we have on the inside. Somebody's mean to us. A natural desire is like, you're mean? Forget you. I don't need you. I don't need this in my life. I don't need this. And what does the Bible say? When the disciples came to Jesus, how often should we forgive our brother? And they're like, watch this, guys. Up to seven times? And Jesus is like, oh, rookies. Seventy times seven is what you should forgive. Jesus came giving us and showing us a better way, a different way. We might look at, well, what's wrong with expressing ourselves? It's wrong if we don't do what the Bible says because we recognize the lordship of Jesus Christ. When Jesus is Lord, he becomes Lord, and he wants to be Lord in all areas. A better explanation is this. The supernatural, who is Jesus, put on the natural, he put on flesh, so that you and I who are natural could put on the supernatural. Jesus died so that our lives could be different. He didn't die for us to stay where we are. He died for us to grow into the image 
of him. And how do we grow into the image of him? I want to read to you in John 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. All things that were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There's things that the Bible says to do that we naturally are going to be like, I don't get it. It's okay. He's the light, and he's showing us. He's showing us the way. This is what I died for you to live in. I died for you to live in my light, walk in my light, walk in love, walk in obedience. The love of God is not doing what the world's doing. It's doing what God's doing. Amen? Verse 14 says this, and the word, talking about Jesus, the supernatural became natural or became flesh, dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There's nothing we can do to earn salvation. It's all on Jesus. But what we can do as believers is walk in the love of God and be imitators of Christ as dear children. Do you guys get this? What is this? Our lives are to be opposite of the world and its ways, yet the, the bearing the fruit that the world desires, and through walking in love, which is obedience to his word. We're to live a way, and when we live the way that God has for us, we're going to start bearing these fruit that the world's searching for. See, we're all looking for the same thing. We all want fulfillment. We all want happiness. We all want peace. We all want significance. The world's searching for that. And guess what? Believers are searching for that. And when we find Jesus, we find our purpose. We find our, our place in this thing called life. And when we have that and we start doing what God says, when we walk in the light, we don't understand. I don't always understand what God says to do. But he doesn't ask me to understand it. He says, do it. And sometimes in the doing, you start to understand because you start seeing the fruit. And the fruit is what draws people to your God. The fruit from your God changing your life draws people to your God. Think about this. Empty messages are good for so long. They're usually good for about five minutes. But the fruit in your life will last a lifetime. When people interact with you, when they hang out with you, when they see the situations that you go through, you will go through the same situations or similar situations that the rest of the world goes in. Jesus said it. The storms of life are coming. They're coming for the people who don't know me, and they're coming for the people that know me. Build your life on me, on the rock, and when the storm comes, it's going to leave, and you're still going to be there because I'm with you. It's not that we get saved and we're excluded from the world. We're to be in the world, but we don't go its direction. We're swimming against the stream. Why? Because we're living on purpose for purpose to bring God glory. And when we bring him glory, when the fruit is in our lives, people are going to be drawn to him. Amen? Uh, let's go to what the Ephesians 5.22. It says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, also as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Let's go over what it's not saying. Sometimes you have to distinct what's not being said to understand what's being said. You ready? Wives, submit to your husband not on his qualification, but his qualification. Wives, submitting to your husbands is unto the Lord. You're not saying, I'm agreeing with everything my husband's doing. No, the Bible didn't say agree with everything he's doing. It said submit to your husbands. Why? God set it up. 
What are we talking about? Bearing the fruit that the world's going to see. So many women and men right now, we have this great divide. Like women do it this way, men do it this way. Women talk about how terrible their husbands are. Men talk about how ungrateful their wives are. Why is that? Because the devil's coming so that we don't bear fruit and we don't get the joy of marriage and the strength of marriage. But when we do it God's way, let me tell you something. The world's like, why do you do it that way? Because I'm doing it his way and I'm bearing fruit. And when they see the fruit that the believer bears in their relationship, in their marriage, lives are changed. You guys getting this? It is not to be forced. Nowhere in Scripture it says, husbands, force your wives to submit to you. Does Jesus force believers into his will? No, he leads them into his will. Men, we want to use this scripture? Let's use it on us first. Let's lead the women how Jesus leads us. I never saw Jesus drag me into church. Get up, Chris. You're going to church now. You're listening to it. No, 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 no. It's that still small voice. I got a lot of energy. I'm ready. Ephesians 5, 25 through 33, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or such anything, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For he, this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to the wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You know that what Jesus did on the cross is he made us completely equal with him. Husbands and wives, completely equal in Christ Jesus, but completely distinct in their roles and functions. Husbands are never to lord over their wives. We are not better than their wives. Jesus died for the woman, the man. He died for mankind. He loves the body. And he put us in the body of Christ, which is his body. He loves his church, his bride, and he cherishes her. Husbands, we are to love our wives, love them and cherish them. Do I want to go hungry? Mm-mm, I don't like being hungry. Make sure your wife gets fed because if she's hungry, you're both hungry. Men of God, it's time to stand up and be men of God. To lead our house the way that God has us leading the house. That when your wife needs something, it's really you needing something because you two are one in Christ. Are you guys getting this? Uh, let's see what the Bible is saying here. I'm going to cut that scripture a little short. The standard is Christ to the church. You are, or let me ask you this. Are you grateful for Christ's patience towards you, men? Then verse 25 is saying, be patient towards your wife. Well, you don't know. She annoys me. Mm, it doesn't matter. You annoy Jesus. Trust me. Trust me. Give the same patience towards your wife as Jesus gives to you. The second thing, you are responsible for your wife's growth in the Lord. The husband is responsible to lead the house, to lead Bible study, to disciple his wife. He's responsible. Just as Christ cleans us through the washing of the water by the word, you're going to clean your family through the washing of the water by the word. You guys getting this? Three, you are not greater in importance but equal, and your role as husband is to nourish and cherish her as Christ does the church. 
Your wife is not your servant, but something to be cherished and is a gift from God. You Listen, your wife didn't marry you to marry a baby that she'd have to take care of the rest of her life. Your wife married a man that would lead her into the things of God. <laughs> I thought I'd get some amen from some of the wives out there, but I guess they want more. No, just kidding. <laughs> Don't worry. When husbands start taking care of their wives, discipling them, cherishing them, full of patience towards them, when wives start honoring and submitting to their husbands in everything willfully or willingly, this is the testimony to the world. The darkness doesn't comprehend it, but sees the fruit in your marriage, that your marriage is bearing great fruit, and they will see the lordship of Jesus in both your lives. When a wife submits to her husband, when the husband's not perfect, people are going to see Jesus is Lord of her life. When the husband cherishes the wife like Christ cherishes the church, they're going to see the lordship of Jesus Christ in his life, and then they're going to see the fruit of it. You guys seeing this? Concerning your children. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, I want you to see this. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. It says father and mother. So many times, you know, like 50, 60 years ago, it was like dad's the disciplinarian and mom's the fun police. You have the, the, the bad cop, good cop. That's not scriptural. Mother and father are to lead in raising a child. Amen? You agree? So it says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. This word is a Greek word for um, provoke. It's para, paragazette. I'm not saying that right, but it's a Greek word and act like you understood it. What it means and what it implies is exasperation or frustration. In practice, it means this. Avoid unfair and cruel behavior or blatant favoritism. When a parent shows favoritism or what is perceived as favoritism, it's pushing the child towards anger, and that anger turns to wrath, and the thing that they're going to be growing up with is anger and wrath, and it's going to be the only friend they know. Because, man, people do this to me, I go inward. We're not to do that. We are not to be cruel. We're supposed to be kind. Don't say the obvious sarcastically. State the obvious and state it with a plan in mind how you're going to fix the problem. Stating problems never fixes them identifying problems and coming up with solutions and committing to the solution is what fixes problems. You guys getting this? Psalms 127, 1 through 5 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, now this is where the good part, children are heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. The arrows. So here's what I, I need from you guys. I need this. 
Oh, thank you. You have an arrow? That's great. Yeah, thank you. I stepped out of frame. I apologize, Facebook. Somebody just happened to have bow and arrows at church. I got to think about this. What does this look like to you? Arrows? It really is arrows. Now here's the cool thing. The Bible says that children are like arrows in a warrior's hand. Have you guys ever shot a bow and arrow? Anybody ever shot a bow and arrow? Has anybody ever wanted to shoot a bow and arrow? Today's your... No, I'm just kidding. We can't do it today. (laughs) We want church to continue. Nick's like, don't do it, Pastor Chris. (laughs) Your children are like this. And when you are kids, you're like this. Do you know that if I hit the target or not, if I said, oh, it's that arrow you gave me, he's going to believe that. You know that most... Your kid's success is largely due to your success or failure as a parent. Me, uh, Don Newkirk, and my father were shooting a pellet gun a couple weeks ago, and uh, we were trying to hit this target. But you know what we had to do to hit the target? We had to aim. We had to aim, and we had to take ownership that we were responsible to hit the target. Parents, future parents, young adults who will one day be parents, it's your responsibility to train your kid, not give up on your kid. Well, you don't understand. You don't understand. They're, they're so rebellious. Everything I say to do, they just, they, they're, they're crooked. They're bent arrows. It's not my fault. It is your fault because God gives you the grace to straighten the arrow, to discipline, to show that your will is final. You get to show them what a win is in life. You get to show them what the target is. You know, I said this last week, and I want to touch on this. A win for Nicole and myself in our house is that our children love Jesus Christ first as Lord and Savior. I'm not spending their childhood focusing on things that are not important. Most kids are like, oh, well, they got to play sports. It's good for them. Most kids, and I hate to break it to you, you're not going to be pro. Most of you. Most of you and every one of you, I'll say all of you, will have the most important decision to make. Who is Jesus Christ to you? And parents, it's our responsibility to show how important Jesus Christ is to us. The win for our house is that they know Jesus as Lord. The other stuff, secondary. Because when I know that, hey, how foolish would it be for me to train and communicate with you guys and fail my kids? To where I win some of you and I lose my children. It's a disservice. Let's say it with this. You don't understand how hard it is. No, you don't understand the anointing that's on your life to be a father and a mother, to sit there and aim for their success and be a part of their success. So many parents are there, but they're not there. They're in the house, but they have no idea what's going on. You guys getting this? You're there, but you're just not there. My child's rebellious. Straighten them out. Don't beat them. Don't you be a child beating a child. See through it. Understand what's at work here. Your responsibility is to train them for success. Whose fault is it when the arrow doesn't hit the target? 
It's ours. It's mainly the father's because the father's the head of the house. Well, I don't like it. I don't like some of the stuff I read in the book either. It's not natural, but it's the light of the world, and it makes a difference. Through relationship, discipleship, and unconditional commitment, hold true to your word. One thing that you will fail your kids at, if you tell them, if you do this, these are the consequences, you don't do the consequences, guess what? They're training and they're programming in their mind that guess what? I don't have to listen to authority. And when they see that you aren't consistent with your ruling, oh, that's okay. God's like my parents. I can get away with whatever I want. Jesus died for your sin so you could live in light. Amen? Do you want your kids to succeed? If you want them to succeed, first you must succeed in showing them what the target is for their life, what the win is, and lastly, not wanting to be the bad cop is the most selfish thing you can do. You are anointed to declare truth in their life and to show them the truth. The success they have in their life is from the training you give them in their life daily. And when they succeed and hit their target daily, they will be so thankful of your awesomeness that you took the time to show them the way of the Lord. Amen? All right. At this time, I'd like to bow our heads, close our eyes, and I want you to get this. If there's anybody in here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you'd like to, you want to make a decision, I want you to raise your hand right now. Okay. If there's anybody on Facebook Live, the Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. So right now, on the count of three, all of the people in this church building are going to say, we believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if you've decided right now to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we're going to welcome you to reach out to us, let us know so we can get some things to you. On the count of three, ready? One, two, three. We believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. All right, that's what you have to do to, to get saved. At this time... We're going to take up the tithes and offerings. And what we'd like to do is there's anybody in here that you need to uh, you need to, to know how we do that. Just check on this screen right here. There's several ways to give. You can go online. You can go through in the back. And I'm just going to pray over this service, the, the offering. And then I we have a special announcement. You guys ready for it? Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that the tithes and the offerings are here for your glory, to reach your people, to do your work. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.